That's so great. Yeah, well, good morning. Who's excited for the big game this afternoon? Yeah, some of you guys? I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm a little conflicted here, and this is why. Because you know that my heart bleeds silver and black, right? Right? Come on, Raider Nation, all day. Uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs are our biggest rivals. And so, like, I don't want to root for them. But then I know that the 49ers are your guys' biggest rivals, right? So I'm just like, I don't know who to root for this evening. So I'm, I'm, I'm praying for a tie. I pray first time ever, the Super Bowl will end with a tie. So no one wins, right? No one wins. Because we know ties mean that everybody loses, right? That's kind of how competitive people are. So, uh, yeah, so, but hopefully, uh, if you're into football, uh, we'll watch a good entertaining game and uh, pray for next year, right? Pray for next year. Well, uh, I want to uh, begin with an announcement uh, that, that affects all of us because it involves a transition in leadership here at Grace Church. So uh, Linda Monahan, uh, she um, has been on a journey with Misty and I for the last two months of really just seeking the heart of God of what's the next move. Linda Monahan is our kids pastor here. She's been our kids pastor for quite a while. And, uh, and she just sent something stirring up in her heart. Uh, we've just really been praying together, walking this through together. And uh, around uh, the end of the year, um, there was a connection made with a church in Missoula, Montana that wants to bring her on as a, uh, an associate pastor that specializes in family outreach. Yeah, that's amazing, that's amazing. And, and for her, I mean, this is like right up her alley. It stirred her heart. Uh, she's been taking time to pray uh, during our 21 days of fasting and praying. I mean, we really brought it before the Lord and there's just confirmation all around. And so we're super excited to be sending her out. Uh, her last Sunday here with us will be March 8th because the pastor over there, he called me up. He's like, I need her there. I need her here ASAP. And I'm like, well, can you give me a month at least? Uh, so, so we made a deal and uh, it's gonna be bittersweet. I mean, we, we, we definitely are gonna miss her here and I wanna take time in the next month or five weeks to, to just really show her honor, uh, just to show her how thankful we are for her investment and in our families here and our kids' ministry. I mean, she has done a lot, hasn't she, for our kids' ministry. I mean, we've all been affected by that. And so... No, it's a little bit, you know, sad for us, but, but also we're excited for them. And, for, and so I believe that right now I bring it before you guys so that we can continue to pray for them as they're getting ready to make a major transition for their family. But we know that God is good and God's going to provide a way and, uh, and show up in miraculous ways. And, uh, but let's, let's bring them before the Lord. And also we know that there's going to be somebody added to our team here in our leadership. And so we want to pray for that individual and their family, that God's preparing their hearts to come in and step in and really bring uh, something unique to our kids' ministry that we believe God has called them to. So let's, let's just begin again, our morning with praying over that situation and knowing that God is in control. Amen? He's so good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, God, for the Monahan family. We thank you for just their heart and their investment throughout the years, their faithfulness, God. And, uh, and so, God, we pray, God, that, uh, that they would receive so much more than they ever gave, Lord God, that they would see things in the next few weeks like God come together in such a miraculous way, God. We thank you for this opportunity for Linda and her family. We thank you for this church, Lord, Christian Assembly, Foursquare Church, God, and Pastor Matt. Lord, we, we thank you for them. We pray a blessing 
blessing over their church. And Lord, we know that when, when Linda and her family show up, God, they're, they're not gonna know what's, what, what's coming because you have so much packed in what they're gonna bring to that church. And uh, we pray, God, for our hearts here, God, that you would just help us to express and honor uh, her for her time and investment in us and our family and our kids. Um, God, we also pray for the person, God, you're raising up. We pray, God, that you would just stir their hearts and prepare their hearts for them entering into this new season in their life here at Grace. We love you, God. We pray a blessing over this service in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, good stuff. Well, here's the thing. I wanna begin with asking you if you ever had this type of experience. Have you ever bought something for somebody, you gifted something to somebody that you knew would be a game changer in their life? Like you knew that if they had this, this product, if they had this service, that it would change their life. Like, like the things that they've been talking about, the things that they've been needing, you knew that you had an answer for it. That you knew that if you brought it to them, if you gave it to them, you know that they would, they would just, it would just change everything for them. Have you ever had that experience? And that experience when you finally give it to them and, and you're excited and you realize that they're not really utilizing it the way they should. Has that ever happened to you? I was thinking about this kind of situation as we're going into our new series right now. And I was thinking about a time when I talked my mom into trading her flip phone. This is her flip phone, by the way, to an iPhone. And I remember like, like just talking for weeks, trying to plant that in her heart to say, mom, you need an iPhone. Like that's gonna change everything for you. And, uh, and so I finally talked her into it. I, I, I drove over to the, to the uh, AT&T store. We sat down and I was so excited for her. I'm like, mom, you're not gonna believe this. Like once you get this, it's gonna change everything for you. You're, all these apps and I knew all the things that she was interested in. I go, mom, there's an app for that. It's gonna change your life. I mean, I was more excited than she was. And so I, I remember, you know, going home afterwards and I'm programming all these things, I'm setting her up. And then a couple of weeks later, I show up at her house and I'm ready to hear about how much this has changed her life, helped her, made her life easier. And, uh, and I find out that she's still just using her phone for phone calls, texting, and pictures. The same thing that she used this phone for, she's using her iPhone for. You know, it's just crazy. Like the other day, she was, she was asking me for directions somewhere, and I'm like, Mom, I'm like, your phone does that for you. It even talks to you and tells you turn-by-turn instructions. She's like, yeah, mijo, but I like it when you tell me, you know? Like, like just tell me, and I'm, I'm like, Mom, this drives me crazy sometimes. But sometimes, I think that we do this as well. You know, how I believe that there are many believers that are living life and not experiencing the fullness of what they have access to through the Holy Spirit. And that's why I felt like I wanted to take some time in the next month to really unpack what do we have access for? Because I believe a lot of Christians are existing in this Christian life, but they don't realize that they have so much more that they have access to in the spiritual world and through spiritual gifts. And so I wanted to unpack that. I wanted to talk about this experience. So we're gonna do that for the next month. We're gonna talk about these spiritual gifts. I don't know if you were here with us back in September, but we did this series about our church called DNA. And it was in that series that we talked about our values, our mission, and our vision for our church. And it was during that teaching series that I, 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 made, a, I made a statement. I said, we are a spirit-filled church. 
that we are spirit-fed and spirit-led, that we believe that the Holy Spirit is active and, and, and leads our church. And, and in that time, I had to explain a couple of things. I actually expanded a one-week teaching to two weeks, and this is why, because there's two topics involving the Holy Spirit that I think uh, uh, gets misunderstood. And one of them is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the other one is speaking in tongues. Do you guys remember that? Uh, it's good. If you weren't here, uh, you can listen to the podcast. There's a more in-depth talk about that. But I knew that that was a part that was kind of a, a stumbling block for many people. So I thought it was important to talk about those things. But it was during that series that I just knew that there was so much more of life in the Holy Spirit than just speaking in tongues. And, and I knew that there was an opportunity coming ahead at the beginning of this year to really come back around and talk about the rest of these gifts and how they can impact your life. And that there was so much more in life in the Spirit. And so this is that. This is my time to really try to unpack some of it. I know that I could spend so much time. I could spend an entire year talking about the Holy Spirit and how he actively works in our lives. And, and, and I still would feel like I didn't have enough time. So have grace for me during this series that I'm going to do my best to kind of cover a whole lot of this subject, but I believe that for many of us, it's gonna bring clarity to some things that we've been holding on to that felt confusing, because I believe that God wants to make things clear for all of us through his word, amen? So these gifts, hopefully this series will, will cause you to build more confidence in what God has you. I think that as we come off of this 21 days of prayer and fasting, I think God stirred some things up. I've talked to some of you guys, and some of you guys are feeling this call to step forward into places you've never been, whether it's areas of ministry within the church or, or areas outside of the church. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity that I think God is setting you up for. And what I hope to bring through this series is this excitement and this confidence to know that God equips who he calls. And when I look at a bunch of people in this room, I believe that every one of you is called by God. And so this is going to be something that I believe is going to be exciting for you because you're going to see that, man, God is going to set me up. God is going to equip me. God's going to show up in ways that I've not experienced him before. And I believe that a lot of it is through these spiritual gifts. Now, oftentimes, when we think about spiritual gifts, we kind of think of them in a, in a kind of selfish way. It's just the way we are. It's just our default, right? It's all about us. And oftentimes, we just think about how this enhances our lives, what does this do for me? How does this give me an, uh, an upper hand in life? And I think that that is what God wants to change. I think God wants to remind us that these gifts were not given for us to be puffed up with our chest out and, and feeling like we're better than each other. No, this is meant for us to be united under and for us to help and serve one another. And that's really what this whole thing's about is that we have to understand the purpose behind these gifts and the purpose is to bless and to love and to serve one another with these gifts. In fact, the passage of scripture that I'm gonna teach on in this series comes from a divided church. It's a church in Corinth. And the apostle Paul, who, who, who planted this church and, and loved this church and discipled this church, he's, he's distanced from them, but he's hearing all these things about all this discord, all this division, all these things that they're fighting over. And one of those things is how to express and exercise these spiritual gifts within the church. And a lot of them are starting to kind of look at themselves and go, hey, I'm this, I'm that, I have this, I have that, you don't, I have, and all this stuff. And so he's putting a stop to it and he's trying to give them sound teaching of how to operate in these spiritual gifts. 
That's really the context of where this is coming from. So if you have your Bibles, uh, uh, you can get ready for that. It's 1 Corinthians. But I think that that's just the natural default sometimes when we talk about spiritual gifts is that we automatically go there. And this is such a problem, I think, in, in church bodies sometimes because we don't know how to exercise and operate and understand these gifts that, that I think that that can happen. And how do I know that? Because it's repeated by the other apostles. Actually, Peter, when he's writing to the churches, he says this in 1 Peter 4.10. You could just write this as a footnote here. He says, each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Do you know that what God has given us is by his grace? It's not something that we earn or or something that we gotta work towards. It's, It's given to us freely. It's a grace gift. Now, when Jesus uh, promised his believers that he would send his spirit, he would send his Holy Spirit to be upon us and and to move on us, when he he preached about this, he he preached that the Holy Spirit will come and empower to fulfill the mission that he set before him. We we, we call this the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that that he promised us that he he would come in that way. Now, I know that that terminology, I think that idea, maybe for some of us, that, that could be foreign. Some of us are used to it. But, but I, I, and I, I go more in depth in it in the last teaching, but, but I want to summarize it for, for us to kind of launch off of. And, uh, and I want to summarize this way and so that you understand what I'm talking about here when I talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What is that? Well, we understand this, is that in salvation, or the theological term is regeneration, when we come from death to life spiritually, we know that there's a change that happens. The Holy Spirit draws us and reveals who Jesus is, and we receive the gospel, and that's all the work of the Spirit. And we know that we become alive in him through the Holy Spirit, that that's something that changes us. It's drastic. Amen? It's a change. But we also see that in Scripture... Jesus says that there is another grace work. We know that we come to faith. We find salvation by grace through faith. But he says that there's another work of grace. There's another thing that comes that that is all by grace, by God's grace. And that other work is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is separate from salvation. It's a work of grace given to us by Jesus himself to empower us as a church to go and further his mission on earth. That's what he tells us. That's what he teaches us. Now, Jesus, I mean, you gotta think about this, is, is uh, when Jesus was with his disciples days before he went to the cross and knew that things were gonna change in their relationship of how they knew it. I mean, you gotta think about these guys who've been following Jesus for years, spending every day with Jesus. When they needed Jesus, they saw him. They knew he was right there. When they wanted to talk to Jesus, they just pulled him aside. I mean, how awesome is that? That's what they experienced. Yet Jesus knows that things are gonna change, that their relationship's gonna change a bit. No longer would they experience him in the flesh, but they would experience him through the spirit. And so he's trying to prepare them for this, and he's talking to them, and he's saying, there's gonna be a time where you're gonna experience me, you're gonna experience my presence through the Holy Spirit, and it's gonna be better than what you're experiencing now. Can you imagine how they must have felt to hear that? In fact, Jesus says this. It's in John 16, 7. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus' words. He says, I bring you the truth. He says, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. 
Jesus says, you will have an advantage. You think that this is great? You think that what you're experiencing now is all there is? There's more. And when I go, I'm gonna send the helper. I'm gonna send my presence of the Holy Spirit to come upon you, and, and that's gonna be an advantage to you. I can imagine that this rocked these early believers. They're like, how can it be any better than what we're experiencing now? How, how could, they didn't understand that. And then Jesus is preparing them for this mission. We call it the Great Commission. And he says, he says you ought to go. Go and make disciples of all nations. I mean, he gave them a monster task to do, to follow. But then he tells them, he says, but you gotta wait here. You gotta wait here. That, that you're gonna be empowered and, and you got this, this mission ahead of you, but I'm gonna equip you. I'm gonna send you out. And, I, and when he says the Great Commission, you got, I mean, we know the instructions, right? Go and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says, he says uh, all these things of what he's asking them to do, this mandate. But what I love is the very end. Sometimes we skip over it. But he says this. He says, but I will be with you always. Mm-hmm. You can imagine how confusing this was for these early believers to say, wait a minute, you're leaving us, but you're going to be with us. How can you leave us and be with us? And it's through the Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying. He's preparing their hearts. But he tells them in Acts 1 and 4, he says this. He says, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift I love that he calls them a gift. We all love gifts, don't we? He says, the gift that my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. And Jesus has been preparing them for this gift. And this gift, we know, is that it was the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit in his believers' lives. And this Holy Spirit brings gifts to empower believers, gifts that will help equip the followers and build up the church and empower them for mission. That's the purpose behind these gifts. That's what what he had intended for us. And and I think that many of us as believers sometimes, we we have not ventured on this side of exploring what that means because we've been kind of afraid or, or, or it sounds mysterious and anything that's spiritual, it's hard to wrap our head around because we can't can't feel it, we can't touch it, uh, we, we don't see it, but we see the effects of it. So it gets us curious, but we don't really know how to operate within it. And, 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 um, but God is, is trying to open our hearts, and I think many of us are experiencing a supernatural salvation, but we're trying to do it in the natural means of walking this out. And so, thank God, he sent us the helper to come and help us and to unlock and, and release these spiritual gifts that he's put in our hearts and our lives through his baptism. Many believers, they're doing things the hard way. They're trying to live this thing out in their own strength, trying to knuckle through life and muscle their way through when God has equipped us. It's kind of like somebody using a flip phone or an iPhone, right, and only using it for calling and texting, but knowing that there's so much, so much more that they have access to. And I think there's many Christians that if they don't venture into this, they don't understand this, they don't grasp this, they don't operate in this, then they're missing out on so much more that God has for them. And so that's what leads us to our study so I gave you plenty of time. Hopefully you found 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Like I said, this is Paul writing to a church that's near and dear to his heart, a church that is divided. And he's trying to give them understanding. This is how he begins. He says this in verse 1, chapter 12. He says, now, after, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagan somehow or another, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. 
Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. In other words, he's saying that everything that you know, have you came to your faith and salvation was from revelation from the Holy Spirit. That it's the Holy Spirit that convicted us. It was the Holy Spirit that gave us this idea that this gospel is true and that we receive that whole experience. It was through the work of the Holy Spirit. So he's like, you know this. This is what happens. And he brings down these gifts here, and he says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and everyone, it is the same God at work. Listen to verse 7. He says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same spirit, to another faith of the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, he says, all these are the work of the one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. I know there's a lot there. I'm gonna try my best in the next month that we're really gonna camp out and break down all these different gifts. But what I love about this is that Paul starts out and he starts telling them that these gifts, that, that though they are distinct in how they function, they're the same in purpose and origin. They all come from God to us. They're given to us the way he wants, how he determines that they are given. Paul says that the purpose of these gifts is so that each person can give something or show something of who God is. That everyone gets it and everyone benefits. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad for that? I mean, that this is for all people. These gifts are not just, just for a select few. I think we think that sometimes. I think we think that it's only gonna be for certain people in the church that get to operate and exercise these gifts, but he's saying that he freely gives to his church in many ways. I look at a diverse group of people from different backgrounds, and I think that the gift mix that God has given us spiritually is gonna be just as diverse, but it's on purpose, for a purpose. You know, in the rest of this chapter, even the next verse gives us a clue of the context of what he's about to share. He says this in verse 12, he says, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts are from one body, so it is with Christ. That when you come and become part of the church community, we are considered a body where different parts function you know, our bodies have different parts and they function for different purposes and have special gifts and things that they bring to the body, but we're united as one. And that's what he's sharing, is that that's the, the heart of God, that we all have different roles to play in each other's lives. You know, I have things that I'm gonna bring to you and you got things you're gonna bring to me and it's gonna build our church, edify and grow. That's a beautiful thing about the congregation that God assembles. These gifts were never meant to be self-serving, but should always be used to serve those in the household of faith. And that's what we gotta remember. I mean, that's really the whole message here, is that these gifts are made to help one another. 
But I love the way he brings this up. I mean, he starts out this way. He says, I don't want you to be uninformed about these spiritual gifts. Now, if you look at the original language here in the Greek, it's a lot stronger than saying uninformed. He's saying this. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant about these gifts. In other words, he says, I don't want you to be in the dark on these gifts. I want you to understand them. I, want, I don't want you to be confused by them. In other words, he's saying this. He says, I need to shine, shine some light on this subject because your ignorance is hurting you. And it's hurting your church. And the worst thing of all is that it's hurting the message of the gospel. Have you ever experienced that sometimes? When I mean, some of us have come from backgrounds where we've seen these gifts abused. We've seen these gifts platform in a place they shouldn't be. And we have felt the effects of that. Some of us bear scars and that. Some of us took a long time to come back into a church that kind of leads this way because you get triggered with a lot of thoughts and where you've seen some of these gifts not done in wisdom and in care and in love. That's what he's saying. He says that that ought not be. It's not the intention of this, but we can always fall into that default, friends, and that's why we have to remember that the whole point of this, the whole purpose of this is for serving and loving and blessing one another. Not to build ourselves up, but to build the church. That's why these gifts were given. We need these spiritual gifts to be active in the word of God. So what are these gifts? What are these things that we need in our lives? What are these things that are gonna help us, grow us, and build us up? Well, he lists them. And I know that there's this debate in some circles about, you know, is there just these? Is there more? There's other passages of scripture, which I'll give you some references for, that kind of talk about different types of gifts and different positions in those gifts and, and, and different leanings towards and all that stuff. But, but to just make it simple for us today is, is we're going to show these, these gifts. I'm going to camp out on this passage because I believe these are the primary gifts. So what are they? They're wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous acts, prophecy, discernment, tongues, and interpretations of tongues. Now, I feel like I got to tell you this, is that this is supernatural gifts. What I mean by that is that this isn't some skills that you have to learn. This isn't just a personality trait that you have. This isn't just natural giftings that you are born with. No, this is, this is from God. This is supernatural. And, and I know sometimes when we hear the word supernatural, man, it, it, it makes it so mysterious and, and so weird. But I'm telling you that as a believer, this has to be natural coming from us. But to the world, it's supernatural, right? So for us, it's like this is how we ought to operate. This is what comes through our lives if we stay close to God. So they're spiritual. What do they mean? It means that they are supernaturally spirit-empowered gifts that you receive when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The spiritual gift is a supernatural ability to be given to all Christians to do the work of God. What is the work of God on earth? It's simple. It's to seek and to save the lost, and it's to build a church. And so these gifts were made for those reasons. These gifts were given, I mean, for those reasons. These gifts were to help us, to encourage us, and equip us to love one another. That's why uh, Pastor JC, uh, he did a great job sharing a message of love. And he used this passage. It's actually the very next chapter. The very next chapter as he's talking about us, a church being a body and utilizing their gifts. You know, he starts talking about love. You remember that last week? 
Do you know the context of that? The whole context of that was that it was, that it was all about spiritual gifts and how we ought to use it in love. This is what he says in, in 13.1. He says, he says this, if I speak in tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, but can't fathom all mysteries, and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but not have love, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to the poor and give over my body to hardships that I may boast, but I do not have love, I have gained nothing. I mean, that whole context is about spiritual gifts and how we ought to use them to love and to serve one another. And that's really the heart of this whole thing. And so, what are these gifts? Let's, 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 let's break them down a bit. Now that we understand the context of why they were given, we understand what, how it ought to be used. It ought to be used in love and in service. And, and I think a lot of us, when we think about spiritual gifts, we also think about spiritual fruit. I wanna help us out to kind of remember this a little bit better. We know that there's nine spiritual fruit, right? And I'm gonna read nine spiritual gifts. So just to help you break it down, there's nine and nine, okay? So something to hook you up with. But in this list, it talks about these 12 gifts, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecies, discerning the spirit, speaking in tongues, interpretations of tongue. Here's what I need to tell you. We are a church that believes that these gifts have continued on through the history of the church, that they didn't just stop during the times of the apostles. And there are some people that take a theological stance that believes that there's certain sign gifts that ceased after the disciples, but we don't believe that here. We believe because we see it not only through scripture, but we see it also through the history of the church that these gifts are operating and there will be a time, they are kind of half right when they think about that there's gonna be a time where certain gifts do cease, but that's not till the second coming of Christ because at that time we know all and see all for what it is. But right now, we're still trying to figure it out. Right now, God is operating through these gifts in the church for us to build it up and send out the mission of God. I just wanna give you a brief understanding of that. But we see these nine gifts, and what I wanna do is I wanna break these up into three categories, because I think it just help us remember and understand these things. So these nine gifts, breaking it down into three categories, this is just my own thing, it's not in the scripture, okay? But you have revelation gifts, power gifts, and speaking gifts. The revelation gifts are things that reveal something. Power gifts are gifts that do something, and speaking gifts, obviously, are things that say something. Now each week I'm gonna take some time and I'm gonna break down these categories. So this morning I wanna talk about the revelation gifts, things that reveal something. What are they? They're wisdom, knowledge, and discerning of spirits. So what is wisdom? What is wisdom? What is spiritual wisdom? I mean, we all know wise people. We've all, we've all uh, uh, know and, and, and express forms of wisdom at certain times, things that we've learned and we've grown in that we could share. This is not that, this is different. This is what I wanna define as spiritual wisdom. It's the ability to make a decision and give guidance concerning a person, place, or thing and how to handle an immediate situation according, this is important, to the will of God. According to the will of God. See, this gift of spiritual wisdom that God gives us is this ability to give advice, counsel, and guidance. This isn't somebody who's like super smart who has all the answers, that knows it all. I've met many people with high IQs that have no wisdom, no discernment in the spiritual realm. And, and, and so this is not that. 
See, wisdom in the spiritual realm is this, is not just knowing what to do, but it's knowing how to do it best under the will of God. This is a God-given ability to understand and see situations that others will not be able to. I know some of you have experienced this. I know some of you have operated in this gift. I believe this. I believe this church would not be where it's at today if it wasn't for this gift, this spiritual gift of wisdom within the church operating in many of you. I had people even after the first service come and give me a word of wisdom about things that they've been stewing on, and I'm like, that is right on. That's wisdom. That's only from God. Now, we see examples of this throughout the New and the Old Testament. I want to give you a couple of quick examples. Paul, the Apostle Paul, there was a time in church history where, where they didn't understand what to do with all these Gentile believers that were, that were, that were growing by the day them coming to the faith and they didn't know what to do and Paul rose up and he spoke out in the spirit of wisdom to help the church leadership understand how to guide them and, and disciple these young Gentile believers in the faith with sound doctrine to give them the, re, the, 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 for the full gospel message of grace and the redemption for all people. In the Old Testament, we see the spiritual wisdom in the famous story of Joseph and Solomon, you remember those stories? Now, in the story of Joseph, not only do we see the spiritual gift of prophecy and interpretation, but we also see this spiritual gift of wisdom as he was managing people and resources, and he helped save a nation. I think sometimes we look at these Bible stories and they seem so distant from, I'm telling you, what did the Bible declare? That's the same spirit. The same spirit that lives in you is what we read about and we see uh, throughout scripture. He says it comes from the same spirit. And so as we see these, these Bible characters living out these spiritual gifts, I'm telling you, that's how God intended us to walk things out with these spiritual gifts. Do the spiritual gift of wisdom. The second gift is this, is the gift of knowledge. Now, I know this sounds a lot like wisdom, doesn't it? But it's different, and here's how. Spiritual knowledge is having the ability to have an in-depth understanding of an earthly or spiritual issue or situation. The gift of knowledge is when the Holy Spirit informs you about someone or something. I'll be honest with you, this spiritual gift freaks me out. <laughs> Have you ever had somebody come share something and say something to you that you didn't tell anybody, but God put it on? I mean, we say terms like, God put this on my heart. Like, well, where would that come from? The spirit of God. That's the gift of knowledge. I've had many times, I'm telling you, some of my most transforming moments have happened because people came and gave me a word of knowledge. Something that I didn't see, something that I needed to hear, something that called me out, something that brought, they brought to my attention that, that I couldn't got any other way, but, but this person didn't know anything about me, and yet they shared with me. We see this in operation in, in the apostle time when uh, Peter, he, he, he had this couple come to him. Uh, his name was Ananias, her name was Sapphira, and, and they came and brought a gift before the church, but they, he knew that this gift wasn't right. He knew that they weren't telling the truth. How did he know that? Through this gift of knowledge. The Holy Spirit gave him this gift of knowledge that he understood. There's another guy in the Bible named Ananias, totally separate dude, but he had this gift of knowledge the Holy Spirit revealed to him that there was this guy named Saul who needed his help. And so he went to Saul, and let me tell you, nobody wanted to go to Saul. Why? Because he was persecuting Christians. 
Yet through the spiritual gift of knowledge, God helped him through the Holy Spirit to know how to pray and minister for Saul, who later became Paul, who ended up becoming one of the greatest missionaries this world has ever known. How did that happen? Through the Spirit. How did that Spirit use that? Through the gift of knowledge. We see that throughout Scripture. And I want to ask you this morning, how many of you guys need direction like this in your life? Do you know you have access to this through the Holy Spirit? Whether it's from you or from somebody else, but this is what the Holy Spirit, this is what the church brings to a person's life. That's why it's so important to connect with one another. We see this in the life of Jesus. I mean, I've shared this before. When Jesus did his ministry here on earth, he operated under the leading of the Holy Spirit. He He submitted under the leading of the Holy Spirit. So he's hanging out at the well, and there's a woman that comes to the well. What does Jesus do? He reveals things to her about her life that she didn't tell anybody, especially Jesus. Yet Jesus brings it to her, and she knows that this guy's different, this guy's special. Later on, she's revealed that he's God. How'd that happen? Through the Spirit, through the gift of knowledge. So we need the Holy Spirit to flow in this church and to give us these gifts and operate in a local body for the building up and the equipping. And the last one is this, is the gift of discernment. What is that? It's this, it's the ability to have divine insight to determine whether or not a message, a person, or an event is truly from God. I gotta be honest with you, this is the one that I ask for all the time. This is the one I'm focused on. I said, God, give me this type of discernment. And, and this, is, this is not just having a hunch. This is not just having a feeling. Now, let me tell you, it, discernment can work through our feelings, but this is a revelation from God. How, how do we see this play out in the Bible? Well, we see this one time where, where Paul was walking through town and there was this young girl and she was behind him and she was declaring stuff, she was saying stuff and guess what she said? She said this, she said, these are the servants. She's pointing to him and his companion who came to preach the gospel in her city and she says this, these servants are from the God of the highest and they are telling everyone how to be saved from the punishment of sin. Doesn't that sound Right? Doesn't that, doesn't that seem like she's doing the right thing? But it took discernment, spiritual discernment for Paul to turn to her and really recognize that that was an unclean spirit. And he rebuked it and casted that demon out. That's the kind of discernment we need because we're gonna be facing situations. We're gonna be seeing things in the natural that look right, sound right, and must be right. But the spirit of discernment you can use to understand if this is from God, if this is the right person, the right place, the right event, the thing I need to be in, how many need more discernment in your life? Here's the reason, why do we need this? Here's what I love about these gifts and that's how we have to view it. We see this gift of wisdom, knowledge, and discernment, and what are they for? Here's the thing, they're for clarity. God is not a God of confusion. And God wants to bring clarity into your life, and so he's given us these gifts so that we understand what is true, we understand what is right, we understand his ways, and there's gonna be a whole lot of messages out there, but you have to know what is from God and what is not from God. And I think that there's many of you in this room that you have to make some very important decisions. Maybe this week, Maybe this month, and it's, it's, it's big decisions. And you're, you're weighing the options. Nothing wrong with that. 
You're writing your pros and cons, nothing wrong with that, but many of us are not utilizing this gift of discernment, this gift of wisdom, this gift of knowledge that God wants to give and wake up in you, in his spirit, to understand if this is right for you, to give you knowledge and wisdom. And and some of you guys, you guys have been sitting on this gift for way too long. You recognize that you have this gift. God has given you words of knowledge for people, but you're too scared to step out. You're too scared to trust because you're like, oh, God can't use me that way. I hope I convinced you that he wants to use you this way. He's actually expecting to use you this way. That's why he brought you here. I think there's so many times where we just miss the messages because no one's ready to give the message. Can we be open? Can we allow God to be able to utilize these gifts in this church? Some of you guys have discernment. You know, like you have a word for somebody to help them and guide them through. So how do you do that? How do you walk that out? Let me help you out. You have a message for somebody. You have something. Not everyone's gonna have this microphone. It's not meant to be that way. That's not in the Bible. But it is meant to be among you guys, all of us, all the time. So if you have a message, you feel like, man, so God's given me a word of knowledge. God's given me a word of wisdom. God, I'm discerning something about a situation and I gotta let this person know. And I don't know where it's come from. I know some of you guys, right now, as I'm saying, your heart's beating really fast because maybe you've even been holding on to this for quite a while. I'm here to set that free. Here's how you, how you navigate, because you're afraid. You're like, man, what are they gonna think? How's this gonna work? Like, they're gonna, I'm crazy, I must, I must. And you just talk yourself out of these moments. But you gotta ask yourself, Is this gonna encourage? Is this gonna edify? Is this gonna build up? And if the answer is yes, then go ahead and do it and step out. I love what Nick said. He says, how do you do this? You just put one foot in front of the other and you just test it. You just step out and you allow God to utilize this gift. I know at first it's gonna feel weird, but I'm telling you, the more you practice, the more you allow this to flow through your life, the more God's gonna trust and trust you with this knowledge, wisdom, and discernment. I'm telling you, man, it's a radical change within a church when we are free to step out on what God's called us to do. I'm anticipating that day. Now, how do you feel on the other end of of that receiving that message? Let me free you up. The Bible's very clear that we all see things from a glass dimly, meaning that we might not fully understand everything, but when we receive a word like that, we ought to weigh it in our hearts We ought to pray about it. We ought to bring it before God. Here's the thing about God. God always confirms his word. And if you line your heart up with scripture, the spirit and the word work together. There'll be a confirmation in your heart. If you spend time with the word, you're gonna recognize truth. Truth recognizes truth. And something's gonna wake up in you when you hear that word and you're gonna line it up, you're gonna pray about it and then you step out in it and you see what God does. And that person who's given it to you, they should walk away saying, I trusted and I obeyed God. The person receiving it should step out and say, I trusted and received from God and let God do the work. Let do, God do the guiding. And trust me, he'll start confirming it in everything that you do. But you gotta have the word in you. You gotta line it up to what's on your, what he's put in your heart. 1 Corinthians 14, one says, he says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire these spiritual gifts especially prophecy. I can't wait till you start talking about speaking gifts. That's gonna, that's gonna be crazy for me, not you, for me. But I want us to, if we could stand to our feet, we're gonna close out in prayer. 
I want to follow what the instructions are from Paul to say we need to ask for these. We need to eagerly desire this for our lives. And so I want to close out in prayer for that. And I also want to pray for some of you guys who you know, you know God's stirred this in you. God's given you this. And I want you to just feel confident to step out. Can we do that? Let's pray. Father, I just lift up all of our friends today, God, that you have truly gifted, God. They understand and recognize, God, that this is supernatural, God. This is not from them. They couldn't have thought of this. They couldn't have come up with this, Lord. But this is a message from you through them. God, it's to build our church. It's to encourage one another. It's to edify. And I pray, God, that they would step out. They would trust. That they would, they would trust this moment as confirmation. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you that we have safety here, God, because we love one another. So we're not gonna do anything out of selfish ambition. We're not gonna do everything out of conceit to make ourselves look good or be better than anyone else. Lord, we're doing it in humility. We're doing it in love. We're doing it in service towards one another. Keep our hearts humble that way. God, we thank you for your word that encourages us, God, that who you call you equip. And you've equipped us with all the things that we need to step out and live out the message of the gospel and to share it to the world. We love you, God. We thank you for this moment. Settle our hearts. Help us have faith and trust in where you're leading us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. I hope you had a wonderful morning so far. Enjoy the afternoon. We'll see you next week.